Welcome back to the Giant Voices Podcast. This is your host, Carson Jones. And in this episode, we get deep. I interview my good friend and founder of J-Rap Media. His name is Johnny Rapp. Uh, we talk about so many things in this episode. I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. We talk about scaling on social media by actually being social. We talk about creating virality. We talk about how Johnny built a huge viral Twitter community and worked with Mark Cuban at age 16. But more importantly, we talk about life. We talk about empathy. We talk about authenticity. And we also talk about the connections between hip-hop and culture. Um, Johnny is such an interesting and amazing person. I knew this conversation would go far away from just the typical marketing interview, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. If you get any value or if you enjoy the show, definitely don't forget to subscribe, share, leave a review. It all helps so much, and appreciate you listening. Do you ever wonder how some podcasts get thousands of new listeners and you don't? Do you wonder how people get featured in major publications? Do you ever wonder how Instagram videos go viral? Welcome to the Giant Voices Podcast, hosted by Carson Jones. Every week we bring you the biggest names in podcasting, marketing, and public relations to help you break through the noise and take your brand to the next level. Oh, and we like to mix in the uncomfortable topics like mental health, anxiety, and the internal battles that keep us from growing. Now, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Giant Voices Podcast. On this episode, I have Johnny Rapp, the founder of J-Rap Media. Uh, at age 12, Johnny created and built some of the largest viral Twitter accounts like hip-hop. Um, at age 16, he was doing deals with Mark Cuban. At age 18, he moved to LA, and now he works with some of the biggest influencers and hip-hop artists and media companies in the world, uh, companies like Henry Brothers Entertainment and Integral Studios. The thing about Johnny, though, is we've become really good friends, and honestly, sometimes I don't, didn't even know what Johnny did because he's more important. He wants to talk about more about who you are and wants to talk about life other than, instead of you know what he does or what you do, and I think that's what's really cool about Johnny. He's got a really inspiring, fresh perspective on life, the world, the universe, and I can't wait to share some of those stories with you guys. Uh, Johnny, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I uh, thank you. That, that was a really dope intro. Um, really appreciate all that. And uh, yeah, excited to be here. I've always seen you like posting this uh, podcast on your Instagram stories and stuff. So it's really cool to uh, you know finally be a part of it. Yeah, man. I think podcast is cool. It's like the people that I've had on the show so far, and you including, are some of my like best friends. The people that I've you know really developed really good relationships with and have grown kind of in this media space. And it, it's been fun. Like I, I really mean that when I say like it, you are more interested in, in like who the person is as opposed to what mm. they do and it's created this relationship to where we're just friends and it's like you know we, we know what each other do we're kind of in the same space but like who who is Johnny Rapp like if you could nail it down to a couple of things I know it's a broad question but who is Johnny Rapp um I mean who I am I, I think I like to give people kind of a little bit of my backstory and you kind of filled it in with that introduction there but just uh I, I spent a long time um, throughout my day and age of, uh, I guess, I guess my adolescent years, just being on the internet, which is something that I don't think a lot of generations before me really can say, you know, like spending every single waking hour on the internet, especially on social media. Um, I'm someone that's been in par uh, part of the social media realms ever since I can remember, you know, like 12, 13 years old, um, you know, creating these viral social media accounts, managing viral social media accounts, um, you know, it's if you're doing that every single day for, you know, years and years and you're doing it so passionately, kind of like the same thing as like picking up an instrument 
Um, you know, if you use it every single day and you're passionate about it, you're going to get really good at it and you're going to figure out how to get really good results from it. Um, so the internet was kind of like my instrument for my, um, for a long time. Um, and so I, I just like, like communicate with people. I was being super hyper social on the internet, creating, you know, dumb accounts, random accounts, themed pages that, um, I thought people would maybe, um, get a kick out of or, um, learn something interesting from. And so I started, you know, diving in and creating these personas, these digital personas that I thought were funny. And it, it, they, people had like an attachment to them. They almost like, you know, they thought these people were real or thought that like they never knew who was behind the curtain of these like these accounts on Twitter, um, you know, and it was kids like me that were doing it. Um, but now if you, you ask me who I am today, I'm, I'm starting to learn who myself is. You know, I learned how to be all these cool themes and these cool parody pages, but now I'm learning about, you know, just what makes someone unique, not just a, a social media account and how it can be unique and how it can um, gain um, influence. But now like, how do you gain influence in real life? How does, how do you transfer um, being in the digital space and then figure out how to use that information in the physical world to um, make you move forward or make you uh, help other people with your knowledge. And so who I am today is just uh, someone who's a mix and match of a bunch of different social media pages that I was interested in or thought had some sort of uh, community of people that wanted to follow it. Um, and then I began, you know, you know, really learning those things. And so now I like to think that I'm really good at not just learning subjects and being able to be them, but also being able to help people in music or um, fashion kind of create um, really cool social media content that reaches more people as I was doing. So um, I would say that's, that's a good, good uh, intro to me if that's what it is. Yeah. And I love that because it's, you're, you're not one thing. You're a lot of things, which I think is what mm -hmm. makes you so cool and so special. You're, you're just culture, you know, it's mm -hmm. music and people and just all the different things that you do. And it's funny that you say, you know, when you were, when you were a kid, because you're still so young, you know, it's like when I was your age, I was, I had no, no idea what I was doing. And I love right. all the guests on my show so far have been you know, as opposed to, except for Ashwin, who we're about the same age, but everybody else has been just a young entrepreneurs and you guys have grown up through this digital space. And for those that don't know, Johnny, you actually have the retweet symbol on your wrists and mm -hmm. you started getting on Twitter when you were 12 years old. Hey, what was, what was Twitter like? Like how did Twitter change your life and why is that retweet symbol so important? Um, yeah, amazing question. Um, I love that you shouted that out, but, uh, I, uh, Twitter was very interesting when I started first logging in, you know, you're seeing it everywhere on commercials, I'm seeing a hashtag or seeing that bird everywhere. I saw it on TV so much. And so, um, I don't know, I, I, but I just thought it was like another social media platform. Um, but I ended up downloading it. My friend, uh, Cole Crocker, one of my best friends growing up, he's like, bro, you would love this app. Um, and so I downloaded it, um, didn't really understand it, ended up deleting it. And then like five year, five months later, I started to, um, you know, playing with it, the idea of posting jokes online because um, I love telling jokes. I was like kind of like a class clown as a kid. I was super into, you know, just trying to entertain people, especially in the classroom, like I was saying. Um, and so I was like, oh, wow, this app, you can post something or put something out there and then someone can share it with all their friends. So now you're not just, you know, entertaining your class, but you're entertaining, you know, the internet, anyone that's on this platform, which can be, you know, millions and millions of people if you can do it correctly. Um, so Twitter to me, when it first came out, like they, I don't even think when I first started, I don't even think you could post any pictures or anything like it was strictly images. And then it slowly transferred over to, um, you know, 
pictures. And so I thought, I, I just think that's really cool. The, the idea of sharing ideas and sharing pieces of content um, and different things like that and seeing what you can do. You know, I, I created accounts like one, my first account ever was called true, but funny. And I would post things that, you know, were true, but also funny. Um, and I thought, you know, that, that was just a way of an outlet for me. I could make people laugh. I could connect with people. Um, and then, you know, I start growing these pages at such a rapid rate because not many people were doing it at the time. Um, so there was a lot of opportunity to grow them. I started connecting with people, you know, in the direct messages with people about um, just anything. Like we would want to build each other's pages. I'd retweet one of their tweets. They'd retweet one of mine. So it was like sharing, you know, one of my funny pieces of media. Um, and, and then I share one of theirs. And so I get some of their, um, you know, community of followers. They get some of my community of followers. Um, and it start, slowly started to grow, go up from there, just sharing. And then, you know, and then you start to really get to know the people behind these accounts because we all like, we all, there was only maybe like a hundred of us in the early, in the earlier days. Um, and so we all knew each other. We all talked to each other every day and come up with ideas or one, one person's account would blow up and we'd all see it and get super hype. Um, or one person's tweet would go super viral and we get super hype or we'd figure out different ways of, you know, monetizing the pages or figuring out ways of, I don't know, doing anything that we, we wanted to do with these pages. Um, and so the retweet symbol to me and what Twitter means to me is just, uh, you know, symbol is symbolizing creating a community based around the topic. Um, it, it symbolizes um, sharing things with others instead of like sharing hatred. You can, there's so many things to share um, with others that can spark an interesting conversation. And Twitter really taught me that um, before I was even taught that myself and like the real world, you know, you're so in living in it that you don't really understand how all that stuff works. And Twitter was like a, almost like a mirror, like a, a different way to understand how to build a community of people um, in real life and online. Um, you know, just, and so that's kind of why it means so much to me and why I decided to uh, get it tattooed on my wrist when I was out in uh, Tokyo last year. Um, I thought it was like, okay, this, this symbolizes a lot of things. And it's also an up and down arrow. Um, and so just remembering that there's, uh, there's pluses and pot or minuses in life. And, but it keeps going. It's going to keep having that circular motion in it. Um, but just the shareability and connecting with others as well, since it's an arrow pointing away and an arrow actually pointing towards me, you know, that had so much meaning for me not to get it tattooed on me. That's, that's so interesting. You, uh, you just, you take things so much deeper, which is what I love. Like I never even thought about the retweet symbol, uh, anything other than just Twitter and sharing, but the actual symbolic meaning, which I'm sure the marketers behind Twitter and those, the people that designed that thought about that. It's just like that cir circularity of life and mm -hmm. you know, the ups and downs and the continuous like cycle per se. And I, I think that's really cool. And you, you've really like learned how to hack culture and community and you really created like the the influence era before it was a big deal. Like this was before Instagram really blew up and you right. used Twitter as an avenue to eventually start working with really, really big name people. I mean, I remember hearing the story about how you worked with Mark Cuban because of your Twitter. We tell me about mm -hmm. that story. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I was, so like there was like one other kid in Nashville at the time that was managing um, some pretty big pages named Booth Blakely. Um, and me and him became really, really good friends because we, we connected on, you know, building pages and stuff. And uh, I, he went to college and ended up was like, yo, here's the keys to, you know, my kingdom of accounts. Like, can you grow them and manage them because I'm going to be in college? And I was like, um, yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. He had some like really big pages, like some that I was following for a long time. One being uh, a Will Ferrell parody account called Phil Werrell. Um, and I really, really enjoyed like, being able that. to manage that. Yeah, that account was dope. But like it had like... 2.7 million followers or something like that. And it, it could do some damage. Like I, I, 
Booth was really good at it, but I, I got a hold of it as well. And so we would work, we were almost like competing against each other to try to see who could like make the most viral tweet. And so that's why that account was so good. Um, but it, it was pretty well known. And I ended up just uh, seeing Mark Cuban. He dropped this app called Cyberdust, which was supposed to be a competitor towards uh, Snapchat, which I thought was, you know, an interesting play by him, um, especially with like who he is and what he's going to try to do and the people that he could put onto the app. Um, so I ended up connecting with him um, over DMs and was just like, I want to help you push the app and get downloads for it. Um, and was like, this is the new way of doing things is like getting people like influential accounts. Like you can get so much traffic by, you know, having these accounts put. I wanted to really, you know, funnel him to all my friends that I also knew had millions of followers while I was also managing, you know, dozens of accounts at the time that had a good following. Um, and so we worked out a deal where I could, you know, start pushing it, um, start pushing followers towards my Cyberdust account. So I could prove how many people I was getting to, you know, download it and stuff. And, uh, he, I, I did all that and he eventually ghosted me. He told, he told me some great things. Like I, I got to like hop on Skype with him. Um, you know, he always said if I was ever in Dallas, um, I could, you know, always go check out a Mavericks game or something like that. Um, but I don't know, I guess he was looking, he was looking for someone that could really, you know, push that app all the way to the top. And I don't know if it was like the right climate or if Snapchat just kind of, you know, really took control of things when they made stories and all that. But I don't think, I don't think that app's even around anymore, but it was a, it was really cool to be able to, you know, connect with him, you know, especially at a young age when I was like 16, I remember like having, I, like, I had like missed basketball practice or something. Cause I like had a Skype call with him and my coach was like, hell yeah, do it. Like you got it. Um, but it was a, it was pretty cool uh, opportunity at least. At age 16, you got ghosted by Mark Cuban. That's a, uh, that's yeah. not a bad story to, to be able to tell. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If I, if I was a rapper or something, I'd definitely like drop that in one of my bars or something like that. Like, that'd be a flex. Yeah, yeah, de- definite flex. Um, what I think is cool about that is like it's it's part of the legacy that you've already built at such a young age. And um, just tying this back in, like anytime we talk about podcasts, anytime we talk about social media and content, like I ask you, you know, really basic questions like how do you grow an Instagram account? Blah blah blah. And, you, and your answer is always it's all about like content, and you have a much deeper perspective on everything. And what is it about like legacy and perspective? and podcasting and being able to look back on content like what is it what is it about that that intrigues you so much um i think like with the dawn of the digital age which i like to say was the year 2000 granted i was you know three years old at that time but i got a hold of it probably like 2005 2006 um you know i can still go back to this day and look at things like my like like first like websites i ever went on and i like, could log in or like my first email that i ever signed up on and could go back and see my first emails that i was sending um, different stuff like that it's like you're you're leaving such a paper trail online um or you're leaving like all these like messages and all these things online they're gonna live there probably for the rest of our lives and um my only my only reason why i posting on instagram stories or um even like uh you know sharing content in general of me is that, that i know that fact um i know that it's going to be there for a long time so it's like my kids are not going to be like they're not going to go through my scrapbook that's up in the attic they're going to be able to go through my instagram account and see everything um, they're going to be able to go through my Twitter account and see everything I was saying um, way before they were born. And then also way, you know, after I'm long gone, they could go see that. So I want to make sure that stuff's really dope. You know, you know, I don't want it to be like either nothing or like just like whack. I, I like to say that I'm a very outgoing person or very extroverted. So I do like speaking my mind and especially things that I think are uh, something I would love for my kids to see when I'm long gone or 
I don't know, something about that story I really like. And I don't know if it has any meaning. I think maybe there's going to be so much content that's uploaded that it's uh, almost meaningless. But to me, it's really cool just for my own perspective to go back and look at Instagram stories, who I was connecting with, what I was listening to, um, where I went, um, why I went there, the relationships that I made. All those things are right there and I never forget them. I don't have the best of memory, but it's really cool to go back and look at my Instagram stories and, you know, that recall that memory. Um, and I, I really enjoy that a lot. So that's, that's the main premise of that, doing podcasts, doing anything, you know, I just want to be able to have a conversation recorded with you, um, which I think is really cool being able to hear our voices go back and forth. Um, and something that I could listen to this when I'm 80 years old. Um, and I could be sitting in my, you know, old recliner with my transparent, crazy looking iPad that's like holographic somehow and press play and like somehow like listen to this, you know, like. 60 years from now that's that's so fucking dope in my opinion that i want to i want to make sure it keeps going yeah and the cool thing for me selfishly is you know five years from now i know you're going to be working with like the next diddy and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be able to say hey i had johnny rap as one of my first guests on my podcast so like i think that stuff is really cool is you can look back at you know hey we built this we did this five years together and like now this is what we're doing you know it's going to lead this stuff in the future and it's going to be just like cool to look to look back on like um we talked about that too i i remember having the conversation with steven who is obviously a great friend of yours and mm-hmm. uh, he talked about how his first business he uh he was putting together he was creating like facebook and instagram pages and his flyer he actually sent it to me and it was so bad but you know, it's <laughs> like you start somewhere and then things just get better things keep growing and they ch- they they turn it into different stuff like you develop and you you know you you change a lot and you evolve as a person and mm-hmm. I think that's cool because you're so you're so in touch with life and you're so empathetic and you're just so understanding of you know what your future looks like like have you always mm-hmm. been that empathetic have you always been this connected or when, when did this happen how do you think this developed um, I think the empathy really came from the act of the, I don't know if this is true or if I'm just pulling out this out my ass or whatever it is, but it's honestly what I believe. It's just, if I spent seven straight years, every single day managing and being something that I am not being able to grow something that I'm not being able to bring awareness to something that maybe I'm not even really that interested in, but I wanted to figure out a way to, you know, harness the energy to get people um, interested in a specific topic. Um, you know, you do that for so long, you are literally spending so much time in other people's shoes that when you take then back away at, you know, 20 years old, 19 years old, and take a little break from managing all these accounts, you look around and you like, I don't know, you, you start to realize like, oh, wow, I understand why you love art so much. Or I understand why you love music so much, because I was a account called at hip hop and became that for such a long time and read so many opinions and saw so many things formulate and saw where people got their ideas from for their specific songs that I can connect with you as an artist. Almost like I'm taking a step out of my shoes when you're in the room with me, but I'm looking right at you and we're having a conversation about you and why you love music so much. Um, Same thing with fashion and how it has layers to it and how there's all these different ways to cut and sew and the washed material to make it look a certain way or to put all these symbols on it that mean something from your, your past. You know, I, I manage a bunch of fashion pages or, you know, just uh, anything of, about the culture in general that I can connect with anyone on, I would like to say, as many levels as possible um, within the accounts that I was managing, um, like that, those genres, those niches that I was, you know, kind of controlling. 
Um, now it's like, now I get to go meet with people that are actually creating it and I can connect with them on a whole new way. So the empathy is just the fun part for me. It's like every, every person you meet is so interesting when you are completely detaching yourself from ego and making yourself completely eco where everything that matters to them matters just as much to you. Um, you learn so much, you absorb so much from having that passion, that passionate for, I have that passion now where I want to see growth in people. I don't want to see growth in, um, digital accounts or, you know, made up people like Phil Werrell, I want to see growth in real people. Um, so that's why I stepped into music because music is all about, you know, I think bringing people together, bringing people together with an idea, bringing people together with an artist who's really sacrificing a lot of time to put their self out there. Um, you know, there's, there's so many reasons that I, I love music and love the connection of people. And um, that, that's why that's where empathy comes from is just getting lost in that world completely uh, immersing myself into not just my consciousness, but the consciousness of everyone that's around me. Um, so I'm constantly, you know, trying to see, make what's best for them. And then I see my time being spent a lot, uh, almost in a multitude. Um, oh, I, I feel a lot better um, throughout my days. You know, I, I used to only care about what I cared about. And that's not fun. That's not, that's not cool. It's like a Plato's allegory of the cave. You got to get out of the cave and see what's out there. And, uh, you know, not just be so close-minded and thinking about things about you, but thinking about, everyone as a whole um that, that's all that empathy is is that uh that care for other people just as much as you care for yourself um and seeing where it takes you because then all those people are going to care for you just as much as they care for themselves and then you've got a great uh group of people around you at all times that's it's really cool and you've started just i, I remember last time we, we spoke and you're like i the only thing that i want to work with the only thing I want to do and the only thing that inspires me now is the things that inspire me you know as much as if that makes sense and mm -hmm. I, I know it's it's hip-hop it's culture and it's people hey, what do you think what is the combination what what's the connection between hip-hop and culture that a lot of people don't understand I, I think a lot of people don't realize that everything that evolves culturally in our society uh, a lot right. of it starts from hip-hop like what what right. is that I mean, I can, I, first I know where it starts from me. You know, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, and like, it's a pretty popular thing. It's all around, you know, you're, you're, there's a certain thing that music in general does. Like hip hop is great, but just music in general, you know, taking, it can say things that words cannot say. It can say things repeatedly, repeatedly um, that, uh, you know, can really touch you where it's like, you're not going to just say something over and over again. You're going to sound like a broken record, but it's like Kanye can say something over and over again, or Kid Cudi, like, uh, the kids, he goes out and talking about keep moving forward and saying that over and over again. It's like, that's something that's like really good things that you want to hear. But then also you've got this like science of music in the background that aligns with the words and is supposed to make you feel a certain way why the words make you a certain way. So you're getting double the feeling. And so it's connecting people together. It's connecting, you know, a lot of kids that I know together. Like I'll go to uh, any concert and it's like, maybe it's like, like my friend Peter Manos who like he's all making heart, heartbreaker type music where it's just about, um, you know, losing love in your life and stuff like that. And then you look around when you go to one of his shows and you're probably surrounded by a bunch of people that have had their heart broken before. Um, or you're probably surrounded by a bunch of people that feel that on a, on a really cool level. So it's bringing people together. And then you like, you walk away from this concert and then, you know, you, you have a new friend or you have a new memory that like really touched you. I mean, I've gone to so many, like when I went to Astroworld with Travis Scott or I went to uh, this guy, Jesse Rutherford, who used to be, or he's still the lead singer for the neighborhood. Like they like take, they take such control of their art and put so much time and effort in the art that the people that go and appreciate them, like they're all there. 
they care about their music just as much as, if not more, than the artist cares about the music. And it's like so cool to be surrounded by that many people um, at one time, whether it be 10,000 people to 500 people to 100 people, like they're all there and you can see some commonality right there. So it's like, it's like me now being able to take a look at um, culture in real life, not just culture in, in this digital space where, you know, you could have, you could have 50,000 people looking at each of your tweets or you could have 50,000 people singing along to your song right there. Um, this song that means so much and has so many layers to it and so much meaning to it and has so many of your life experiences put into it all in one that it's like it's like this crazy like like I wish there was a way to like see energy like I wish we could put on like these glasses and like see energy that's being put off in a room like if it was like red if it's bad or like blue and it's like really healing or whatever it is and like take that machinery and go to a concert like it just does so much there's so much like so much going on and that's why i think music music in general definitely is like the heartbeat of life like it's a it's a it's a big thing like i don't know where i would be without music like it's i don't know where a lot of people would be without music whether you listen to it you create it um you know it's it's so beautiful and it's so there's an endless amount of ways to create it and there's an it's infinitely expanding the amount of noises and like type of uh like tones that you can create with like it's like it's so beautiful not to you know really love but that's that all of that, I think, is what we see on a day-to-day -day basis. When you go outside, you see someone that's sad, and they could probably be—you could probably guess which song they're listening to or what type of music. They're hyped. They're going crazy, and they've got their AirPods, and you know exactly what music they're listening to. Um, you know where they're maybe at in their life, or um, you know maybe they're trying to figure things out, and so they're listening to artists that are you know a little bit um, trying to figure themselves out as well that they believe in. Um, you learn so much about people when they when you learn where they like to spend their time, um, and so music is like something that takes up a lot of my time, and so that's why I think it's uh, I think it takes up a lot of people's time, which is why I think it's so important to culture in general, um, and why it's uh, kind of the way that it is. Yeah, and music music's so powerful. I I've mm -hmm. been struggling with something recently because I'm feeling so busy and um, you know just a lot of things going on, and like this morning. I was struggling because I felt like so bogged down. I was like, I'm, I have got a bunch of appointments. I'm going to be in and out of the office. I was like, how can I make today productive? And for some reason I was, I was, uh, you know, just beating myself up for no reason, not in like a bad way, just like a, Hey, mm. why are you not being more productive? And you know, I was just like, let's, let's turn on some music and throw on, you know, throw on some hip hop. And I was like, we need to change the energy uh, and the tonality of this day because like this day can be whatever I want it to be. But you know, I decide that. And it's almost like, using music and using the energy that comes from music, you know, completely changed my attitude and changed my outlook from the day. So I think it's really interesting that you bring that up, just the vibrations and the effects of music. Cause for me, I don't, I don't listen to words. Like when I'm listening mm -hmm. to a song, I, I rarely ever can tell you, like if I'm singing a song, I usually am just mumbling, <laughs> but it's the, uh. it's this, it's the, it's the way that the song is put together and the sound of the song that, that, I it really affects me is that is that true for you too yeah I mean I, I think I, I love that point I mean it's like uh what's interesting to me is I think like like why people love music so much is the same reason why people like sports you're seeing people in their purest form at their their top of their top performing um you know this craft whatever it may be like in sports you know there's basketball and people you know spend so much time on it so when you go you're like feeding off this person that is in their prime state it's something that almost you want really bad. So like when you're you, when you're listening to a song and it's got a killer guitar solo, like you're you're listening to someone that's like a part of that uh, collective consciousness of creativity, um, and he's just going crazy on the guitar. Where you like 
you like oh shit this is dope because you're literally feeding off someone's like really good um amazing like elite tier uh i don't know energy and so like it's it's just that same thing and it's like now it's like another layer to it where that's why i love music as well is like you have that background noise you've got the like actual music you've got the words going on top of it but then you've got carson sitting and working on his desk so now there's a third layer to it and it's pushing you to want to work harder where it's like now it's like we're talking like multiple on multiple layers you got someone playing the drums while you got someone playing the guitar while someone's doing some harmonics while someone's singing while carson's working on his computer and using that all that creative energy that, that went into that song and all of that that mastery it took for each of those uh, people that are playing the instruments to master those specific songs. Um, you know, you, you are now feeding off that energy, which is kind of what I believe and how I, how, how I feel. I, I like it so much. It's like, that's maybe why I used to love listening to hip hop music only because they're like, they're very passionate. They're very know who they are, what they want, um, what, what they stand for. And, and that's something, some energy that I can feed off of myself. I, I can almost relate to that in some ways um, where I feel like I'm being my best self and I'm making an impact in my community um, or I'm doing like the best that I can possibly do. Um, and I'm seeing results from it. You know, that's what they're talking about in a lot of the reps. And so when you listen to that, you feel the same way um, or they've gone through something and it's like, Oh wow, I feel the same way. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really cool how it, it kind of, it might be a rapper that's really, really cool and really well dressed, but you know, that you see a part of you in them or you see a part that you want to see in them. Um, it's, it's something, I think there's something in that. Yeah. And the, the ability of music to change a person's chemistry too, like mm-hmm. going to a concert, like it's funny, you see people that, you know, maybe you're sad, you know, I, I remember I used to work with a guy who you know, it was very mopey, um, but then you'd see him at concerts. He's very, very happy. He's very excited. He's very like eccentric. And, um, you know, I don't know if it was the drugs or the music or probably both, but mm-hmm. the ability for music to just, you know, break that circle, that endless circle that we sometimes get in as humans is, is really interesting to me. And it's kind of the way I try to think about podcasting too, is like, what can you do to, you know, evoke emotion? What can you do to evoke conversation? What can you do to like change somebody's chemistry to break them out of just their, their daily grind, that daily kind of fog that we sometimes get in from just doing the same thing over and over again. I I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's a very interesting thing. And then also you put the internet in the play where it's like, I like have like, you know, specific artists that I can see all of their analytics and I can see like um, from the gender that follows them to, you know, where the geographical location of all these people are and stuff like that. Where now technology is really changing the game for music. Um, I can really, I could, I could tell you exactly what type of people are going to be at a concert just by looking at someone's, you know, Instagram account or looking at their Spotify viewing. You could probably guess exactly what it's going to be male or female mostly at their show um is it where where are they going to sell the most tickets i mean i think the internet is so beautiful for that that now we even get a more in detail thing like this specific rapper also has a lot of the same followers as this person so you can expect you know this type of crowd to come like it's like a it's so cool using the internet as a way of um really understanding these crowds and really understanding these people and how it's having an impact on them um what kind what kind of playlist they put them in um, you can see exactly what mood it brings out and it's right there. Like the proof is on the paper now. Um, you know, it used to be kind of just guessing based off of how good the music was. And, you know, you listen to Michael Jackson and it makes you want to dance. But now it's like if Michael Jackson was coming out now, there'd probably be a bunch of TikToks of people dancing to his stuff like crazy. And fucking like it, there'd be a bunch of crazy content being created of 
um, people doing the thriller and reenacting it if it was coming out right now. Um, and you'd be able to see who, like, how big of an impact that was and how, like, diverse of a following Michael Jackson had. You could, you, you could understand that and based off what, they, what you could see, but now you can really, really see it at a hyper level um, because of the internet and all of us wanting to create content around music these days that it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's really cool seeing where it's going to go, you know, all that beauty that we just talked about, but then also that, uh, that ingredient of the internet now being tossed in there where we can really get, get, uh, get the point of what's going on here. Yeah, it's all really fascinating. And I, I knew that this conversation was going to go in this direction because that's just all of our, all of our conversations do. And I love the, uh, the depth that you always bring. You always challenge me. You always make me think. And it always really, uh, really gets my mind going. And I, I enjoy that. But um, maybe let's tra- transition back to, uh, to some stuff that other people can relate with, too, if they, if they don't go that deep. Um, let's talk about J-Rap Media. Like, what, what, do you, what do you guys do? I mean, J-Rap Media is an interesting, I think there's a lot of people that I know, like, that kind of relate to me. It's like, we, uh, we, J-Rap Media just creates content for people in music and pushes them, pushes that content out to, you know, specific demographics that we think people will enjoy. So, like, whether it be music and listening to a song and then creating, you know, some sort of meme that goes on top of the song that um, is really um, I don't know, has you watching the entire meme, but you're also listening to a good portion of a new song that an artist is trying to push and then putting it in front of those people. You know, I, I leverage my connections um, and my relationships that I've built over, you know, the past eight years um, to be able to get my friends paid, but then to also be able to get people's, you know, work out there, whether it's a brand, um, whether it's an app or just an artist in music, which is my favorite to work with, um, you know, figuring out how to really get their content out there is kind of what my company does. But I don't, I don't, like you kind of said at the beginning, I don't do it um, based off business. I don't think that that's where we're going. I don't think that's really a sustainable way for me to do this. It's really based off my building a relationship with these people, really understanding them, um, you know, spending time with them, traveling with them, hanging out, going to a party with them, like really getting to know them and understanding their perspective on the world so I can help them with what I know on the internet and how I can help them and who they're trying to reach and what they're trying to achieve. And if, you know, they give me the dream, I can give them, you know, anything in my power that I can to, um, you know, create really cool content, content that impacts their community um, or gets their music more looks, um, different things like that. Like that, that's all my company does, but it's basically, it's strictly off relationships. You know, people ask me all the time for, you know, crazy um, decks and stuff like that. But it's like, I, I usually say no, I just say, I, I literally pull up on them and I meet with them and I have a conversation with them, you know, heart to heart of what my story is. Um, you know, what I can do for them, what I've done in the past and how I think it, it could uh, parallel and actually help them as well. Um, and kind of seeing where that goes. Everyone needs so much help on social media. So I've got like, I've got my hands full because um, it's like now that it's, you know, working and I'm able to, you know, send traffic to specific uh, Spotify links to just be able to help people grow their followings to being able to get people on Spotify playlists to being able to figure out, to connect them with the best, you know, website creator. Um, I, I have all these relationships, you know, at the palm of my hand, literally in my phone, and I don't know what to do with them. So now I'm just connecting them all together where, you know, there's transactions, people are getting paid more. I'm connecting with different creators and being able to link them with different creators so they can create something beautiful and then I can push it out there. Um, but that, that in a sense is J-Rap Media is kind of like a networking company. We connect people together, we connect ideas together and we push them out there. Um, so adver- half advertising, half networking, half um, 
linking up with creatives or coming up with creatives ourselves. Um, that, that's all that we do. And then I, I just work with people that I think have a very much aligned mindset as me um, and also people that I can understand and what their goal is, which I can usually do for anyone. But it's, uh, you know, I think the right ones are coming coming to fruition in my life. And I think that it's uh, really cool to see how it turns out in the serendipity of all the people that I'm working with when those are there's only things that I'm working on 24-7, all of those uh, opportunities are, you know, my friends now. It's, uh, it's all these connections are now for anyone. I, I'm like this bridge between the digital and the physical world, uh, I would say. Yeah, and I, it's, it's a fascinating time because Instagram shifted so much and people are constantly asking me like how, how to grow an Instagram account or how to build a brand on Instagram. And um, honestly, it's, it's, it's tough right now. And I think people are looking for like the short solution because um, everybody got used to the, you know, the loop giveaways and they, they got used right. to, you know, these quick fix ways where people were just blowing up accounts. And I think it mm -hmm. jaded a lot of people because now, you know, it's like, Oh wait, that's, you know, that's not working or that's not getting the results I, I I'm looking for. And now people are a little jaded because they're expecting huge growth, but they're not realizing that it's not that easy yeah. and you have to, they're, not, they're, not, they're yeah. not understanding the quality of the growth that they're doing and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you can do these giveaways. Like I saw like some giveaway yesterday, it was like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. But then you're telling all these kids, one, it's kids, but you're having all these kids go follow a hundred accounts and 50 of them are companies. Like, it's like, you know, you'd have to spend, if you're going to look at all those people's content that they're posting on a daily basis, just those 98 people. I mean, each one of those people might pay, you know, 10 K and gain 180,000 followers. But honestly, 30 to 40% of those followers are going to unfollow you. And then the rest of them are probably, or maybe like 2% of them are, are actually going to engage with you. Maybe 2%. I'm being nice with 2%. But it's just like, there's like, there's, there are some grimy ways that people are doing it and it does hinder um, me a little bit, but I, I know how to, I know how to sell my services because I use them myself and I've worked with them myself and like people come to me like, Hey, should we do this? And I'll explain to them just what I explained to you. Like you can go grow 180,000 followers this way, or you can grow 50,000 followers this way. And you're actually going to have, you know, 10,000, 15,000 people that are actually like viewing your stuff and actually really into what you're doing. Like I would much rather work with that than, you know, you know, it's that, it's that old uh, quality um, over quantity thing. And it's like, I'll take quality any day, especially on Instagram, like mainly on Instagram. Cause like, as soon as you, you are, you're okay with not having good quality, that's when your engagement rate just goes to the shitter. That's just when you're, you're going to have like 1%, 2% of the people that are following you actually engaging you um, and like viewing your story and stuff like that. And it's just like, you don't even know where to grow from there. You don't even know what to do from there because like, it's like, you're going to consistently be losing followers. So you're not even going to see growth anymore. Um, different things like that. It's like, uh, I don't know that I, I rant about that one. That one is like something that has also came into my life a lot too. It's just like people like, yo, should we do this giveaway? But it's like, it's so cheap and we're getting all these followers and this is how they're doing it. And they're all real. It's like, that's great. But you have 98 people that are also going to be followed that same day. And half of them have way better content than you because they're influencers. And the other half of them are apps literally trying to fight for your, for their attention over you as well. And so it's like, what the, like, no way would I ever put my company in some stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, is there like a tip or something? Like if somebody came to you and they said, Johnny, like, what could I do on my own? You know, if I just want to like grind it out, like what can I do to grow my Instagram account? 
I would do exactly like, here's what I tell people. I tell people that most of the people that comment on my Instagram are the people that are in my DMs and my direct messages, people that I have personal connections with a direct message on Instagram is exactly like a conversation. It's like a, it's like a podcast. It's a, it's a direct conversation between you and another person. It's rapport. And so I think it's really important to, you know, I know how as crazy as it sounds, but to be genuinely social on social media and you will get genuine, um, you know, engagement back. You'll get genuine conversation back. You know, don't just have like conversations with people in the DMs for no reason where they're like sending you a fire emoji and you're sending, but like actually hit them up and ask them about things that they're posting. Like learn specifics, try to, you know, get inspired in some way by what they're creating, have a conversation with them. And then they're going to do the same for you. If you're trying to do the same, you got to, you got to put in the time, all the, all the kids that I know that are influencers are responding to DMs, no matter who it is. It could be someone from Brazil. It could be someone from Florida. It could be someone from LA. It doesn't matter. You got you to gotta be social on social media. And usually people are social back with you. And so, you know, having those conversations in the DMs, like spend like an hour a day, like having real genuine conversations with people that you maybe wouldn't on the internet. And I know this is something that was taught like in the earlier days, like, no, don't meet people on the internet. But it's like, now you can go through all their content and see if they're like cool people, real people that are just genuine at heart. And you can learn a little bit about them, you know, like make some friends, be social on social media, and you're going to get some friends back. You're going to start seeing more comments. You're going to start seeing more people uh, giving you a good job and a pat on the back after you do something great, because you're doing that same thing for them in return. And it's like, it's like, that's what I think social media is for. But it's been so like, it's been so like washed away, like that concept, it's all been so, um, we want to be so efficient and we're having to talk to so many people that we don't even respond or like, we're so busy throughout our day. I, I just tell people like, yo, be social, go check out other people's stuff. There's so much to be, I use, I only use social media for inspiration. I get so inspired on there. I follow the right people that are posting really dope content. There's some fucking super dope people on social media, reach out to them. I reached out to so many people like YouTubers to um, random like Instagram pages that I really enjoy what they post and I send them a long message a paragraph of why I like really enjoy what they do and what I think they're doing for you know society and culture by sharing these things and bringing back things from history or whatever it is like they're doing such a good job of you know you know running their pages and spending a lot of time on it it's obvious um, and so I, I, I give them those props and I say it like exactly like I just said it and they hit me back like with three new messages and it's like yo bro thank you so much I'm glad you enjoy it Blah, blah, blah. And then we can start having a conversation about those things that they're posting, you know? And I know this is like, it's not everyone's favorite answer to hear, but it's the real answer to hear is make some friends, like actually genuinely yeah. be interested in other people. Do it a hundred times a day. If you do that to a thousand people this month, you're probably going to have at least 300 of them super excited about you. You got to put your work in, you got to put your genuine time and effort in, but you're going to get, you're going to get it right back. You're going to get that genuine time and effort from all those individuals as well. And that's what I did on social media. And that's what I learned from it. You know, I built all of my connections based off of Twitter DMs and Instagram DMs. I, my whole company wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the direct messages and actually connecting with people on a real level. You know, there's a lot of BS on social media, but it's cool to have, you know, like a friend on there from like different cities or different countries. Like it's like reach out, get, go out there, be social and see what you can learn, but also like um, see who you can, you know, make a friend. And then you're going to start seeing that stuff go way up. I, I, that is incredible because that's the advice like people don't want to hear, but it's the reality of it. Like you can do all the loop giveaways. You can do all the, the crap in the world, like, whatever it is, you still have to put it into work and you still have to have conversations and you put it really, really well, be social on social media. So, um, Johnny, so let's, uh, let me tell, tell everybody like if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to talk to you, like where can they find Johnny rap? 
Um, Johnny Rapp spends most of his days as way away from his phone as possible, but I like check it, you know, every hour or so just to see what's going on. Um, I've got, you know, Instagram at JRAP, J-R-A-P-P. Um, feel free to hit me up on there anytime. I try to respond back to like every single DM that I get um, as much as I can. And then also uh, email Johnny at jrapmedia.com. Um, always checking that as well. Um, but yeah, I love connecting with new people, love figuring out ways to work with people in music and fashion. I've got like a bunch of infrastructure in LA. Um, you know, I've got this new place I'm opening in the fashion district where we're going to start creating clothes out of there, um, shooting actually some podcasts and content out of there, um, doing my marketing out of there, stuff like that. Um, and then I've got, you know, some offices in Beverly Hills and stuff. I love connecting with different creators and stuff. So anyone that is creative out there, feel free to hit me up. I would love to, you know, see if we can collaborate in any way, shape or form, get more people to see you, what you've created. Um, but then also maybe uh, connect you with other people that, you know, do something that aligns with what you do. Um, that's, that's all that I'm about. So if you need any of that, I'm, uh, I'm always there for it. Johnny, I really appreciate all the time. I uh, try to keep these to uh, like a solid 40 minutes. I want to respect your time, of course. And uh, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. I, I knew this would be like the deepest, most cultural conversation. <laughs> podcast I've had so far and mm -hmm. I just I'm so grateful for you coming on and, uh, and and talking to me for a few minutes hey man thank you so much I really appreciate the platform that you've built and like I, like I said I've seen you grow it um, so much and spend so much time on it so uh, it's a pleasure to be able to be on it and uh, you know hopefully connect with some people through here but uh, like you said earlier I get to uh, you know listen to this when I'm, like, I'm an older man and uh, it's gonna be really cool to just go back in history and remember that uh, what I was talking like, you know, back in uh, 2019. So I really appreciate you for uh, delivering that gift to me. I appreciate it, brother. Well, thanks again for coming on and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, bro. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Giant Voices podcast. If you love the show, don't forget to subscribe, share and leave a review. Also, if you have questions, message us on Instagram at Giants underscore voices or message Carson at Carson Jones.